You were listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 103, time to deliver in my head and on the streets, right in the headlights. Feeding south of flames, I'm from the ashes. I could make myself a name. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is Sebastian Longfingers, and I am joined by a swirling mass of confusion. That's when the trampoline broke and the cows got bloody noses, so the albino girls had to go home. That's $20 well spent. And nipples Mahoney. <laughs> Who left the window open? It's kind of cold in here. Feeling nipply? Just a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. I could, I could, it I is this kind nipple. of content is the reason that we are huge in Austria. Awesome. Good day, mates. Austria. <laughs> we are no longer huge in Austria. Yeah. <laughs> we are Jimmy taking over that. Austria like we were Germany in the 1940s. Oh, you can't too say that. soon. Too soon. Sorry. What? Sorry. We'll talk about that later. Uh, go on. What else this are we talking week, about? Uh, we have got, I did a bit of a deep dive. Um, so I am going to rapid fire cover three things. Now, Greg, I, I believe you have some questions for me regarding one of them, but well, we'll get to that. I'm sure there will be questions abounding. Yes. We will also be talking about some of the announcements at Comic-Con, the stay-at-home version. What, what are the, what is, you, I don't think you actually ever said what you're going to go deep on. I took a bit of on a... Greg. <laughs> deep dive actually no jubles the... yes yes um we will i took a deep dive on the uh event which has become known as the dietlov incident it is the case of nine dead hikers in russia from 1959 i found a few things um, associated with that in the media that I will give you guys a rundown of. Interesting. So this is, in fact, a review show. Uh, we are going to be reviewing stuff that really isn't very spoilerific. Uh, unless you are a hiker in Russia, then, I mean, if you, I guess you won't be spoiled. You're going to die, I guess. Every movie about hikers always ends up. You, you know what? You should. You just shouldn't hike. You should never hike alone. Oh yeah! Sing or in the snow. Uh, no, we're we're going to talk about some stuff that actually really happened. So it's really not that much of a spoiler type episode. But if you get your panties in a wad about dead hikers, you should listen. So, uh, news. Should we? Let's let's get into some news here. We got some sad news sometime between last episode and this episode. Rob is going to cry. Rob is going to cry. I think it was a day after, was it? Yeah, it was, I think. Yeah, it was, it was like the end of last week, I think. Yeah, like but uh, Friday. our favorite yearly event, at least mine and Rob's, Halloween Horror Nights, has been canceled. I saw it coming, and on last episode, Rob said something along the lines of, it's still happening, but I, I had... It. No, Again. well, I didn't I didn't want to kill it, so I was very quiet about that. And I was very uh concerned about um this because the Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights started taking, you know, they occasionally have a haunted house with a giant book outside. Uh the okay. the fairy tales one that they always do. Mm. Uh they actually had a crane up and they were taking down the giant book last week before the announcement. Mm. And people put it on Reddit. I saw that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it was a temporary thing or something like that. Or maybe they were 
moving, you know, you never know. And then they made the announcement. So Halloween Horror Nights is our one of our favorite events. We used, we cover it every year. Not going to be happening this year. Uh, we, we're going to have to try to figure out something, guys, to make people's Halloween a little spooky. I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but we got to figure that out. And I was I was honestly really, really looking forward to it. And I really thought that they were going to be able to pull it off simply because or, or that I thought I thought they planned on pulling it off simply because, A, they'd already set up the tribute store. And B, they hadn't released the frequent fear pass like they've done in the past. So I thought that was their way of controlling the crowds. I thought they were not going to do the frequent fear pass and just do um, daily passes that they sell. That way they can control how many passes they sell and how many people actually show up. Hmm. Unfortunately, it didn't make it. What did make it, though, is the tribute store has, in fact, remained up. And the tribute store actually has merchandise in it. We actually went and visited it today. There's a bunch of Halloween Horror Nights merchandise in it. And this this was supposed to be their 30th one. So they were going to do a big celebration and whatnot. And uh, should I share the most the most um, saddening part of this whole thing? I, I, don't, I, so. I, don't, I, well, I don't even know what that is. Oh, wait, I do know what that is. Okay, yeah, never mind. There... There is a certain portion of Halloween Horror Nights that for decades was my favorite part of Halloween Horror Nights. That was being chased around by clowns with chainsaws. It was. It was. No. Mm. One of my all-time favorite parts. Probe lights blinding you and you touching my butt. Well, yeah, that too. Okay, sorry. I will let you. It It was the annual Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. And about... Two years ago? Was it 2017, the last show, Greg? Yes. I, I believe it was 2017. So about three years ago, two, three years ago, they they basically nixed the Bill and Ted show. They cut it out for whatever reason, and I was very distraught over it. I I hated the fact that they cut it that they cut it. I hated the fact that they cut it out. It's one of my favorite parts of of the event every year. But this year, Academy of Villains, which is the show that actually replaced Bill and Ted, it's a dance troupe, and they do they do shows, um, they do dance shows. Last year's actually was pretty good. It was a Jekyll and Hyde theme, um, but I, I really don't feel like it holds a candle to Bill and Ted, in my opinion. This year, there were plans to do an Academy of Villains mashup with none other than Bill and Ted, mm. and. I know that it has everything to do with the release of the movie in September. Bill and Ted 3 is coming out September 1st on demand and in theaters. God damn it. You ruined one of my news bits. I am going to stab you with my pen. Oh, sorry. You can try. Um, <laughs> so I know it had to do with the release of the Bill and Ted. So I'm not even sure that we'll get that next year. And that that really bums me out because I, I, I would have really looked forward to that. That would have been awesome. Time to but, start a petition. Yeah, no shit. But the but the tribute store is up and running. There was some neat stuff in there. We got some good stuff. They've got um, 30 years of fears. So th- they've got pins. They've got T-shirts. And I think it's actually going to expand the closer we get to Halloween because they've only got two rooms open. And normally that tribute store has like three rooms. So it's, it's more than just a store. The decorations are awesome. They yeah. are. And, and it's actually really well designed this year, too. I really like the design of it this year. Ugh. So you should check yeah. it out if you're local or if you come to visit, stop by, check out the tribute store, pick up or some perhaps Halloween you Horror can Night. log on to a, uh, someone's uh, live stream. And I saw that there was some live streaming as people walk through it. Oh, yes. Jen actually did stream it a little bit today and she streamed on her YouTube channel a couple of days ago, actually, on uh, Earsome Emporium. Yep. So one of the other things that we did check out, though, at universal studios is in addition to going to the tribute store the born stuntacular is actually up and running and guys this is an amazing show it is really really good they they use they use like a projected background with moving objects in the foreground that perfectly match up with the moving background so it's like there's stuff that they can climb on that's moving around while the screen like pans past 
and that it's just so well done. To, like make them look like they're on a helicopter, like flying through at at parts, a larger yeah, and, escape or something bigger than parts, the stage. Yes. yes, it does. And there's there's a scene where he's like jumping from rooftop to rooftop, and as cool. the camera pans across, you know, the roofs are kind of marching across the uh, the stage. And the camera's panning, so it makes it look like he's running. And at one point, the, the first the first thing that you see, like with them using it, is he's in like this this street brawl or whatever. And the background has a bunch of people cheering and chanting and yelling, and they've got real actors mixed in, so it looks like a big crowd. And there's actually peer there's actually points where you can't. It's hard to tell who's real and who's on the screen. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, he's he's not real. And one of the re- one of the ways I was able to figure it out is that the real people are wearing masks. The guys on the screens are not. Ah. But there are there are points where the guys on the screen actually look real. And there's a point where somebody in the background actually grabs a knife and throws it to the guy and it slides out from under the screen. Oh, sweet. So they do all kinds of like neat 3D tricks with that and shit. It's it's just really, really well done. I, I highly recommend checking it out. Great I will music. have to do that the next time. Uh, the next time I go to Universal, um, yeah, there's a making of documentary on YouTube, and it looks sweet. awesome. It looks like it um, uses some of the same technology they used in the Mandalorian, the Emmy-nominated Mandalorian, by the way. Mm. Hey, uh, yeah, are you foreshadowing? No, no, no. I just saw that. There's been a lot of news. Like, there's been a lot of crap that's been happening. Yeah, there has. Like all today. So, let let us move on. Rob has more stuff, or do we want to go somewhere else? I don't know. If someone talk about news, I'll be here. Well, my last bit of news, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I actually found out recently that the that G4 is actually going to be returning. And G4, for those who don't know, it's like a nerd tech slash video uh, game channel. Yeah. Is that would you say that's an accurate description? <laughs> it- I, I would I would say that if you are are listening to us, um, then then you would certainly be entertained. It's where they premiered American Ninja Warrior. They had like tech tips. They had Attack of the Show, which was huge. They covered mm-hmm. all it, it just kind of like geek culture stuff. I mean, it was great. They ran Star Trek in syndication for a while. <laughs> the the next gen so. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you might want to check out G4. It's actually supposed to be returning at some point in 2021. We don't have a firm date yet, mm-hmm. but 2021 is the expected return date of G4. Yeah, G4 was was very popular amongst nerds before nerd culture was popular. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember I would I was working a lot of late nights and overtime and stuff, and I would get home and just let myself fall asleep to G4. Uh, that was like my go-to channel. Because it had all sorts of cool stuff. And it was usually the... There wasn't as many websites back then that would show what the newest movies were and what the new video games and stuff were. And it was really the first place that you could actually learn about these things. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it became yeah, super it popular and you ended up with Kotaku and Gizmodo and all that other stuff. But very, but they also, they as we kind of heard, they did sort of eventually ruin it by trying to like corporatize it. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, who Are we going to depress our listeners now? Is that... What I see here, oh, man. Yeah, and there's a new addition to this too, which just yeah. Sucks. I know. I just I wrote I just wrote that one down as well. That's yeah. what I was talking about. Um, so I'll go ahead and uh, and and bring us down a notch here, I guess. First, um, Sally, the farmer's daughter from Glow, has mm. passed away wow. at the age of fifty five. Oh shit! I remember her too. Yeah, she was the um, spunky blonde with big hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were a couple of those, but she, you know, uh, she had also been on Married with Children, Mad TV. She was in the video for Van Halen's Pound Cake. Uh, she has passed away at the age of 55 to cancer mm. after a, 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 after after really you know, battling out, um, you know, it's uh, stage uh, kidney, colon and liver cancer. Oh, um, God. So if you are, uh, familiar and, uh, with the show, then definitely, you know, some, some sad news there, the show and the actual 
uh, yeah. you know, wrestling program because it was based on a real thing. Well, that's that's what I remember. I remember the wrestling program from the eighties mm-hmm. with that amazing intro. And they cut the it, she cut great promos, man. Uh, you know, all all the the women in that organization were were fantastic actresses as well, and uh, you know, it's very sad. It was. It was super entertaining. I mean, it, it helped that I was an adolescent boy. So <laughs> you were like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, woo, I like this show. But Robin, yeah, no, uh, you're still an adolescent boy. Well, for the that's most part, true. for that's the most true. part, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, the other depressing news, because you know we can't let our listeners be too happy about anything. Uh, actor John Saxon passed away. Uh, mm. Why are you shaking your head? Did because that wasn't even 2020 where I was sucks. Going. No, there's an, there's another one. Yeah, you know, it like just happened today. But I didn't want to step on that one for you. I was trying to be nice. John Saxon was uh, the father of Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. as well as one of the competitors in Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know him if you saw him. He passed away. Uh, he did live to 83 though, so that's good. And, uh, of course, go ahead, Jimmy. Because it comes in threes, I guess, co-founder of legendary hip-hop group, The Roots, Malik B, has passed away at 47 years old. Oh, my God. Another one. Yeah. I. Mm, God, I'm sorry. If you guys are, like, on your way to work listening to this, I apologize. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's, he's. It's the same Roots, of course, that's with... Um, that opens for Jimmy Fallon or plays with Jimmy Fallon, but he is not part of that. He left before that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, I believe was a little more on the, um, the political side of the roots. And when they went a little uh, bit poppy, I guess there were, there were some issues. There were, it was not a, an angry breakup, but it, they, uh, you know, they did part ways. Yeah. I mean, they became a little more commercialized, a little more, a little softer around the edges for, for radio play, I guess, but uh, really, really sad. Really. A, um, I, I mean, still the, the roots have remained a, um, you know, socially conscious act and mm-hmm. uh, they really brought a, a lot of, of, of new listeners to, to, um, to that style of hip hop. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a sad, sad thing to see. Yes. So let's get less sad. Uh, you got a couple more things there, Jimmy. I do. I got a couple of things. Um, I'll just go through these real quick. Uh, a favorite of the Give Me Five, one that I know myself. Uh, I watch every Christmas since Greg told me he did, and that's the film Krampus. Hmm. Even, which even let do last Christmas when I made Jimmy watch 15 straight Krampus movies. You motherfucker, man. I'm trying to swear less. I really... You're not helping, Greg. Actively working on that. Oh, dude. But a good Krampus movie is called Krampus. Stars Adam Scott, Tony Collette's in it. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Spirit Halloween has upped their damn game this yeah, year. Probably soon we're going to start to see these popping up. You can get your very own seven-foot-tall Krampus. Now, the great right thing now. about this... Oh, it looks fantastic. The best thing about this is you can use it for two holidays. Fuck it. You could... Uh, I swore... Sorry, mom. <laughs> it was, it's about Krampus, so it's fine. Um, you could use it for every damn holiday. I want to get the thing and put it on my roof because I don't want little neighborhood kids doing anything to it. So is damn not a curse word? Nah, damn it. Um, <laughs> it can be yours. He's, it's, he's referring to the thing that blocks water, not anything yes. else. Uh, oh, gotcha. it's, it's got lights and animatronics and all that good stuff. Um, for $350, which for a seven foot tall statue that moves, I'm an actual cloth cape. It's gorgeous. Gonna have to, it's got a furry hoof, have a serious conversation with my fiance. Well, (laughs) the real question though is, is how weatherproof is it? It's true. I mean, 
you can get some, you can go to Journey's footwear and get some of that Nubuck suede spray stuff. Just spray it all over it. And get all effed up in the process because that stuff makes your brain feel weird. Halloween is doing a full line of Krampus stuff. There's going to be a Krampus is coming to town sign and a coffee mug with horn handles. That's happening. That may have to happen. I do like me a uh, a, a nice uh, coffee mug. Roasted pork. So Mm -hmm. I've got just one more thing real quick. Guys, I've been following the the development of this film for such a long time. It's uh, Joe R. Lansdale produced... uh, it's called The Pale Door. There's finally a trailer for it. Mm. And it is uh, it's described as a horror western meets from dusk till dawn. Oh, it looks so damn good. A- yeah, in our patrons-only chat, people were chatting about that the other day. Yeah. They were. Um Actually been, posted the trailer there too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sure did. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. Um, so definitely check out the trailer for the pale door. If you are into Westerns horror and cosmic horror, then this is the movie for you. Nice. Now I do want to talk about Austria for a moment. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about our, our friends down, down under. under. Oh, damn it. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? <laughs> so, the other day I got an email, and this email said, Congratulations, the Gibby 5 podcast is now ranked number 84 on the Apple Podcast TV and Film Chart in 84, Austria. 84, boys! So I clicked on that link, and it's actually very hard to figure out the rankings for Apple, but um, this is a, a side company that does that. So I clicked on the link, and it uh, did in fact show, let me see here, I have to that we were, in fact, ranked at number 84 uh, for a little while uh, at 8 p.m. on July 25th in Austria. However, that's not the only bit of news. Uh, we were ranked 36 in the Austria podcast on July 22nd, also at 8 p.m. So we have apparently quite a few Austrian listeners. Now, he- here's what I have to say about that. Not anymore. <laughs> no, not, not, not since you guys they are not Australia uh, here if you are in fact listening from Austria send us an email I want to hear what we talked about that was so popular in Austria <laughs> so I uh, send us an email give me five was it give me five podcast at gmail.com <laughs> that what I I <laughs> I don't mean to take away from our our patrons, but guys, this is international here, and you you must forgive me, but the first listener from Austria who emails us gets on the damn show. Yeah, I agree. And what I was going to say is we were going to send them a special gift. That special gift is going to be a box containing Rob. Uh, Or this a whole ass Rob. No, it's actually going to be Rob. Now, technically, legally, we're not allowed to say that we're sending a sex slave over there, but that's basically what a sending Rob is. So the first emailer gets that, or maybe a sex slave, maybe I mean, maybe a sticker. Whatever. How about a Gibby Five podcast sticker? If you are from Austria, Aww. you have an Austrian address. You hear this podcast, you send us an email, Gibby Five Podcast at gmail dot com. You get on the show, you a sticker, and you get a sticker. Yes. Mm, how about that? Yes. So, thank you, Austria. Also, Russia. Oddly enough, we had some some Russian listeners as well that that showed up in that. And we were in the top hundred in Russia, iTunes. I really? don't know how. Yes. I'm gonna. Do or it's some very best. very obscure marketing campaign where they're like, oh, "These idiots are not going to have any idea that they're not really popular in Austria." It could actually be the case. I don't, I don't know. Honestly, because I think we named the the one episode, or I named the one episode. Uh, Jaja, whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that people were trying to hear the song and finding our podcast. Yeah, and it's like it actually it. It's an hour and forty minutes of like us talking about the movie. They're <laughs> like, "What is this crap?" Oh well, let it. Maybe they'll play this song at the end. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Because that is one of our current most popular episodes as well. So, anyway, let's move on from Austria. Thank you, Austria. 
and back to Florida. I, you know what I have to say about all of that? I mean, I don't understand how we could be so big over there. I I just like to say WTF. <laughs> what does that mean, guys? Welcome to Florida. Yes. What the fuck? Welcome to Florida. Florida. And, you know, Greg, you shared this story. And I know we're supposed to come up with one and not tell each other and kind of surprise each other so we can all say WTF together. Oh, this one, I just, I couldn't, <laughs> mm, I, I couldn't say that there was any story other than this that was uh, depressing as in 300 high school students having to quarantine because their outdoor graduation was infiltrated by a COVID carrier. So <laughs> we're not going to do that one. We're going to do this one. And that headline Naked man tells Charlotte County deputies he's Batman. Now, you're damn right he is. I brought this up on my phone at dinner last night. And my fiance sees it and goes, oh, thank God it's not Florida. It says Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, baby, that's Charlotte said, County. No, my love, if you, that is, yes, that is indeed Charlotte County in Sarasota. That is Christopher L. Jackson, 49 years old, was found sitting at a table outside of a hotel. Now, that's not really Florida-worthy. So to up that, he was found naked. And he had a crack pipe. You're oh. damn right he did. <laughs> now, Mr. Jackson was wandering around the hotel. He told police that he was staying there. The hotel manager said, no. There is no such person by the name of Christopher L. Jackson staying at my establishment. He is walking around, banging on doors, trying to get into rooms. Uh, now, the owner of the hotel probably said there is no Christopher L. Jackson staying here because the man identified himself to police as Batman. Yeah, he did. Now, oh, my God. Have you in Florida? Have you guys seen the picture? Of this gentleman. I did. Uh, I did as well. I, I did not actually read the story. I saw the title and I did not want to read it. <laughs> um, he, in fact, looks like He looks Charles like Manson. Charles Manson. Yeah. On crack. On a lot of, of crack. Um, he was arrested at the hotel for exposure, loitering, and prowling. He also had a previous warrant out of Sarasota County for a larceny charge. He currently remains imprisoned where hopefully he is drying out and kicking that nasty habit. But thank you, sir. Maybe he actually is Batman. There is that part in Batman where Bruce Wayne's just like over it. And he's kind of a hermit. This is like an extreme version of that. Yeah, this is like pretending to be like a homeless guy to like get closer think, to like the mob bosses. Christian I think Bale. they just misunderstood because I think he probably said, I'm crack man. I'm crack man. <laughs> and he turned around and, and we, said, see? Thank you, Rob. We have a title. <laughs> I'm crack man. <laughs> so there you go. WTF. Thank you, Greg. Get some help, sir. <laughs> and don't okay. do drugs yes so here here we go we're moving into our regular topics but first we mentioned patreon a little bit but first that's what crack man is that's right we talked about patreon butts and cracks go together like peanut butter and jelly and if you are not spending all of your money on crack you could spend as little as five dollars to help out this here podcast uh, i'm not sure what that is in austrian money but you know That'd be cool, too. Uh, so for $5, if you help us out on Patreon.com, what is it? Patreon.com slash Gimme5Podcast. You will be invited to our Discord chat. You will, of course, help out the show. You'll have early access to the movie we're reviewing. Not to watch it, but you'll know what it is. Some international one there. About. Yeah. Uh, early access to knowing our top five list, which allows you to answer our top five question and put in your two cents. Hell yeah. You get a birthday episode where we uh, get to do a custom top five list about 
you. Gloves are off, too. And mm-hmm. it will not be accurate at all, Ooh. but it will be hilarious. But it may be. And it may prevent it you be. from getting a job in the future. You might have some skeletons uh, in your closet that we uh, unearth. Yeah. Uh, there are higher ranges, of course, which allow you to curate an entire episode. There's a bunch of other fun stuff that we do, and we will we are adding more stuff as time goes on. Thank you to the patrons that have already joined up, and uh, you know, without you guys, we wouldn't uh, be here. So, moving on from that, I think I'm going to do what seems like a little bit of news, but I want to go down some of the Comic Con announcements every year. That's the biggest announcements for the summer and the upcoming you know december and following summer so i wanted to kind of go through some of those and just get your guys opinion on some of them awesome let's do it so comic-con was at home this year it would have been i guess i don't know exactly if it was supposed to be this week but it's usually in san diego of course uh so basically everyone did kind of their own thing although there were some official comic-con events and the first one uh, was, uh, that came up was uh, a little thing called Justice Con, which it was a panel that Zack Snyder did about uh, the Justice League, like remake or the the multi the episode the multi episode series that he's working on. Uh, they revealed a shot of the Superman in a black suit, which was Ooh. a big deal because back in the comics. Superman, when he died and came back, he was he wore a black suit with like a metal S on the front of it. It looked awesome, and they revealed that. And apparently, they had shot that footage back in the day, and it never made it into the movie. Oh, there you go. Rob is holding up a toy of it right now. That's cool. <laughs> Probably worth something if it was out if it wasn't uh, out of the package. Now, uh, they he said that he was not going to use any of Joss Whedon's footage from, but Justice it has League. been on his package. Probably, yeah, it yes. Is. Out of the package and on the package. Uh, not going to use any of Joss Whedon's footage. There's some stuff going on with Joss Whedon that apparently he wasn't... I think he kind of came into the Justice League shoot that was already sort of a closed family. <laughs> kind of a closed family and then sort of blew it up with his... and took control a little forcefully. And I don't know, I'm always hard-pressed to listen to any complaints five years down the road after something doesn't work out, but... Um, you can feel free to look that up. Uh, there was also uh, some, yeah, there's also some news from DC Comics. There is a series coming out called Three Jokers, which I did not know anything about, but it seems like a pretty cool thing because it has been about uh, several years ago. Batman got uh, got his hands on the Metron's Mobius chair, which basically had all of the world's knowledge in it. Uh, it was in some series, I don't know which one, hmm. but. When he sat down in it, he asked it one question, and it was, what is the Joker's real name? It being a comic book, they, of course, did that thing where they have, like, the shot of his face, like, illuminated by the screen. And he was like, oh, he looked surprised. And, you know, no, it can't be. And then a few years later, they showed what it actually had said. And it said, that the chair said that there was three Jokers. So now this is coming to... A conclusion, I guess, with this series. And the idea, I guess, is that the Joker has had multiple incarnations in the comics, but the original one was kind of just your everyday thief slash, you know, clown. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a thief and he would kill, he would shoot people. But then it became in like the Silver Age, the Silver Age Joker was more of the, uh, the, cl- the crown prince of crime. So he was the one that would set up the, the giant uh, amusement park with the thing that kills Batman, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then in about mid-80s, it switched to the Killing Joke version, where he was basically a homicidal sociopath, which is the the one we kind of know, where he was, he'll decide which person in the bank he kills, he'll kill his own people, you know, like, basically mm-hmm. crazy. So three errors, three Jokers, they're going to put this together in a story. Not sure if it's going to be like an Elseworlds thing, not sure if it's going to be you know, one of those things where all of the different timelines of DC has made three Jokers, or if it's just three different personalities, we'll have to see. The art looks beautiful, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Jimmy has stepped away from the microphone. So I'm going to jump over talking about Keanu Reeves, because Mm. he's going to want to do that. 
a couple other little things that I saw. Uh, the Vikings prequel TV show had a little bit of an event. Uh, it's going to be on Netflix. It is called Vikings Valhalla. I love the original series. Um, this is going to be way before that, and it's going to basically cover the Leif Erikson story. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm actually very intrigued by that because other than the name, I don't, and you know, just knowing that he went further than most other people, I don't really know much about him. Uh, Rob, did you read comics in the 90s? Like Marvel comics? Or not, not a ton. I collected some. I mean, like I started collecting um, Nomad and Silver Sable, but I lost interest really quickly because those those were ones that started... Um, I was able to pick up the number one. So they were comics that started when I was when I was looking at comics. So gotcha. I started collecting those. But then I kind of lost interest. So I mean, th- like, those are actually two very good names for you to bring up because those are the comics that probably came out around the same era. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a character named Hellstrom that had okay. a comic around that time too. Kind of the darker type of comic. He was uh, a basically, a, I don't really know too much about it, but the son of, a, of Satan, I believe. And he had okay. like a big... He always always shirtless and had a big, uh, uh, a big pentagram carved on his chest, a big crack pipe, and he said he was uh, Batman, mm-hmm. which is a problem because it's Marvel comics. No, he, well, he big, said he uh, was crack pentagram man, actually, and people just chest, kept misunderstanding. Yeah. Yep. yeah, he did that. He uh, so anyway, there's going to be a series for called Hellstrom. Uh, they did talk about that. It's going to be on Hulu. Uh, I am interested in this kind of, but it does sound very familiar to other shows that have been on recently. Um, just, you know, uh, basically he's, uh, he is the, the child it's the children, actually Tom Austin and Sidney Lemon respectively star as Damon Hellstrom and Anna Hellstrom, the children of a powerful serial killer who hunt the worst of humanity. But we've had a lot of shows where children of demons or demons themselves hunt humanity or try to stop things. So there's been, uh, quite a few of those recently. So we'll see if that's, if it has some way of pulling itself out of the pack. Uh, Jimmy, now you're back, so I can talk about yes, the thing I wanted to. Yeah. Speaking of Satan and uh, demons Hell and yeah, angels, man. Uh, Constantine just had its 15-year anniversary. Wow. Movie. Mm-hmm. Underrated. I don't know if it's ever made any of our underrated lists, but the, I actually yeah, I very, much enjoy, I very much enjoyed that movie. I, I did as well. I did as well. I think it had a cult standing, though, so I don't know that it's all that underrated. It has some very um, cool ideas. 15? Mm-hmm. Uh, God. Yeah. So they did. There was a live stream of a conversation with Keanu Reeves and uh, the director, Francis Lawrence, and producer of that movie, Akiva Goldsman. Uh, I watched it today. It was really cool. Uh, Keanu Reeves, actually, he is as cool in a live stream on Zoom as you would expect him to be. Mm, yeah. He was just very casual, like, yeah, you know, they sent me this script. I was interested. And then I, I did some research and I was like hesitant because I'm not English. Constantine is English and I'm not blonde. And Constantine was. He, then he really fell in love with the character and what they were going to do with it. Uh, while they were filming it, Constantine 2 was actually a discussion. They wanted to make it a very hard R film, Constantine 2. Actually, they wanted to make Constantine 1. This It was a little hard to tell because it was conversational. But at one point, I, I think in the second one, there would have been a scene of Constantine waking up in a cell with an unknown prisoner who actually turned out to be Jesus. Okay. Nice. Which is funny because they were like, oh, we can't do that. But then I was very much reminded of the show Preacher that had a character named Humperdoo, who was the inbred uh, spawn of Jesus for many, many years. And he was called Humperdoo because he liked humping things. Do you care so like, well, Jesus was yeah, American can... gods. Yeah. What they really uh, need to do is put Muhammad in it. That would be a bad idea. Especially since the producer's name is Akiva Goldsman. I don't think that would have gone over well. I was just referring to all the hate and death threats. I know. Part got I, know. Doing it. I know. But the fact that the, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, this movie was turned out, was originally, Constantine was supposed to be a Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, really? I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad it was not. Uh, there are very few comic book movies that Nicolas Cage did not try to star in. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's fair. I'm looking forward to Black Widow starring Nicolas Cage as Black Widow. I would have cut somebody if they'd have made him Superman. That was well, almost a thing. I mean, they did, mm-hmm. but yeah, it didn't. They scrubbed it. Oh, I wish I, I wish there was footage of that. <laughs> uh, of course, if, because of course, Keanu Reeves, we talked about this earlier, Bill and Ted faced the music. There was an awesome chat with all of the people from that. Uh, 
Alex Winters, Keanu Reeves, they're actually really good buddies in real life. And them talking back and forth to each other was awesome because they refer to each other by their last names. And it's like, you, you want like, it's like, dude, Reeves, take this one. Like, <laughs> like God, I want to be able to call Keanu Reeves Reeves. Like, I, don't, I just do. <laughs> I want to, he was like, oh yeah, we would go and get McDonald's and talk and whatever. Uh, a couple of cool things with this uh, that I did not know that you guys probably wouldn't, didn't know either, but it's interesting. Uh, so this uh, Bill and Ted actually started out as a, a improv skit. Did you know that? I did not actually. So Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, who are the screenwriters used to do improv and they made up these two kids that were, that would just get history wrong and just talk. And they would talk about it and be like, yeah, they would just get history wrong. They knew nothing about it. So that was their, their thing. And then they started to, it became popular. So they would like talk back and forth on the phone to each other as them and just make up little jokes. Then they did a Q and a session at UCLA and somehow that became whenever someone asked a question, good or bad, it would be the excellent or bogus. And that stuck. So they eventually got hired to do a skit movie because all of the skit movies were popular, like Kentucky fried movie and, and some of those. Mm-hmm. And when they were doing it, Chris Matheson showed this one skit about this, these guys, Bill and Ted to his father while they were doing it while they were doing it. And his father happened to be Richard Matheson. You know who Richard Matheson is? Yeah, he wrote "I Am Legend." Yep, um, etc. So he wrote brilliant, "I Am Legend." Stir of, Stir of Echoes, The Legend of Hell House, What Dreams May Come, mm-hmm. Twilight Zone, Real Steel, the Twilight Zone movie, of course. Uh, somewhere in time, he was a huge name in screenwriting, and he's like, "This Bill and Ted thing is better than everything else you have. Why don't you expand that into a movie?" Uh, so I thought that was really cool. A really cool story. And then the other thing was when the writers, of course, went to the movie set, of course, once the movie is purchased, the writers really don't have much else to to say. They can change anything they want. Sometimes they'll ask the writers, but the writers were on set and they're like, I don't think that they're going to be able to find anyone that can do this Bill and Ted thing better than we can. And they stopped at a McDonald's and they heard these two dudes talking in front of them in line. And they're like, oh, these guys would be great as Bill and Ted. And it turned out it was actually Keanu Reeves and uh, Alex Winter getting there for the first day on the set. So they re- they actually like approved of Bill and T- of the Bill and Ted casting without realizing it. So kind of cool. Nice. Uh, a couple more things, real quick. Uh, Walking Dead. You guys kind of gave up on it. The last two seasons, I loved. Uh, season ten had a mini finale. The actual season finale will be on October fourth. Uh, and then they're going to do a six-episode miniseries because they haven't been able to film much else. So it had a truncated season because of uh, COVID, of course. Uh, MST3K, of course, no longer on mystery, on Netflix. Uh, their plans were to rec- to tape the six different live shows that they do, but of course, there aren't live shows right now. So they are. They did a little bit of a announcement that they're going to eventually do that the uh, mystery science theater stuff. And they're going to, what they're really trying to do is, is continue the narrative of the mystery science theater, like why he's on a satellite or underground. And once they, once they can weave that together with all of the other problems going on, it will eventually be out. Uh, New mutants, final trailer movie. That's supposed to have come out. I believe for the past 20 something years, 27, (laughs) something like that. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, starring uh, Arya, uh, who will be 40 by the time this movie comes out. But uh, trailers actually look pretty good. It's like a kind of a horror theme. Uh, and last, uh, not last, Boys Season 3 got renewed. Season 2 hasn't even come out yet, I don't believe. And uh, for you Star Trek people out there, this is kind of cool. Uh, there's going to be a Star Trek cartoon, which I remember watching the Star Trek cartoons on Nickelodeon when I was a kid. There were replays, but I remember that. There's going to be a Star Trek cartoon called Star Trek Prodigy. Hmm. Uh, basically, some kids happen upon a... A synthesizer, a, and they uh, start making music. Yes. They, they invent techno again. No, it is going to be some kids that basically they find a derelict Starfleet ship and use it to search for adventure, and it uh, will be on Nickelodeon in 2021. And Star Trek Discovery Season 3 
will happen October 15th. So we actually do have a couple things to watch. I am actually cutting through uh, Discovery right now. It's pretty good. I like it. I'm not a big Star Trek person, but I, I happen to be a big fan of this. Yeah. So that's all I got. That is what happened at Comic-Con. A uh, couple things I'm very excited about. A couple things I'm excited about only because there's nothing else to do. But a lot of nerd stuff out there to pay attention to. Yeah. I remember Flight of the Navigator. Hell yeah. It was a great movie. So. So. Huh? You so. So you. You so what? No no jinx, so by the buttons way. buttons on your underwear. Yeah, butthead. I don't know what any of that means, but at least Rob didn't jinx us, which would have made the rest of the yes. podcast very annoying. Now getting to this deep dive that I went on. Now, I'd heard of this incident before, and a lot of people say it had gone unsolved up until last year, actually. This year, um, the uh, book was officially closed by the Russian government on what has become known as the Dyatlov Incident. That, of course, is the story of the nine hikers that went missing in 1959 and were found in various states of um, death. Decay? Uh, well, they were found uh, in of various... Disra of disrepair. Disrepair. They were found, <laughs> you know... Uh, basically, the story is uh, 10 university students set out to uh, level up their achievements, basically, uh, to become a grade three hiker. They had to document their trek. This trek was somewhere around 220 miles. This, of course, without GPS, uh, internet, cell phones, etc., uh, the bodies of the students were later found at uh, different times of the year um, at different parts near where they had camped. And there have been a lot of theories floating around over the years as to why. Uh, everything from aliens to government um, involvement to uh, the Russian Yeti. Etc. Now, the Russian Yeti, Putin. Yes. Yes. The ageless. So his gas was just killing them? Is that. Yes. He was Putin. <laughs> the Yeti was Putin. Well, there were a lot of uh, weird things about this. In their camera roll, uh, the last photo found appeared to be of some unidentifiable light, unidentifiable light source. There were also slash marks made from a knife coming from the inside of the tent. There were a couple of items missing. One of the hikers was found with her tongue and eyeballs missing. Uh, there was a strange orange color to the skin of one of the other hikers. And all of the hikers were in some sort of... Uh, hastened um, distress. Uh, meaning, what I'm trying to say is they weren't dressed. They were running. They were running and they weren't dressed for the weather. A couple of them were mm. found I mean, for what it was, negative 40 degrees. Uh, not wearing... Why the hell would you go hiking in negative 40 degree weather? It was a because usually it's negative sixty in Russia. This was <laughs> well, this was a, a warm. Day. It's the summertime, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of them was found with the socks on only one foot. Um, one was found with watches on two arm, or uh, two watches on one arm, two watches one arm. There you go. Um, there were just a lot of funky things, and I I thought of this. I said, man, you know what? I'm I want to see if there's a book written about this. And I did in the book. Uh, I'm going to talk about that first. Um, it's called dead mountain. The untold true story of the Dietlov pass incident. The book was written by Donnie Iker. It was released on October 22nd of 2013. Yes, I know it's several years old. The synopsis of this book is probably written by the author or the publishing company. 
is a well-researched and respectful book about the Dyatlov Pass incident that took the lives of nine young Russian university students in February of 1959. The mystery around the tragedy is an engrossing one that has been much sensationalized over the years. Now, I probably came across this kick thinking about unsolved cases after we talked about unsolved mysteries, actually. Now, I did say the 10 hikers. Uh, that is because 10 hikers set out. One of them turned around due to some severe arthritis and other troubles that he had been experiencing since he was a child. Uh, one of the famous rumors... I thought you were going to say he came to a census. <laughs> one of the, the famous rumors is that he turned around because he had diarrhea. Um, which was not true. Now, the thing I liked about this book the most was that it's not overly sensationalized. It's not conspiracy theory heavy. And the author does not make the story about himself. The book is told in a format where it recounts the events leading up to and after the tragic deaths of the nine hikers. And the other chapter, the chapter following that, will be about the author's journey retracing their steps. Um, uh, how many pages are dedicated to diarrhea? Just one. Okay. Just one. One whole page? Was that so <laughs> that they could wipe with it? No, oh! it's, it's just, uh, that's just one one sentence in there. When the, the author uh, contacted uh, a gentleman stateside, about uh, some of the, the causes for this, he met some of the his Russian research mates and his Russian research mates. This was after he'd come back from Russia. We're like, is it true Yuri Yudin had diarrhea? And that's why he turned around. Um, I, I, I love the fact that he doesn't make himself a character in this and he provides some very plausible explanations. Uh, thing I hated about this book, nothing. I loved it. Um, I'm going to add it to my list. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's not uh it's not a work of fiction. Um so um it's very very good. A lot of the uh at the end of the chapters about the hikers feature some of the photos, some of the I, I believe they took 88 photos as they had to document their journey so they could come back and be like, "Hey, give us our certification." Um so I'll talk about uh, a little bit more about that here in a second. Greg, did you have some questions about this book or about no, the I was, I was very interested because I, of course, learned about this probably the same way as you did because of the lore episode. And episode 38 of lore yep. called The Mountain. So – which I listened to again today. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is these things are unsolved mysteries and then you find out that eventually they get solved. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I guess that does make sense. And, you know, that happens a lot of times with astro uh, UFO sightings. Yep. And, you know, this, oh, this person, you know, was stabbed and they never found who did it. And you find out that, like, like a literal icicle fell off the roof yeah. and hit them. Like, there's a lot of stories like that. And the, they eventually solve it. So I'm always fascinated by that. And it's it's interesting when, a, you know, when these things do get solved. So, um. I guess that's one, you know, really one of the things. Did they mm -hmm. this this book was written before they figured out what happened? Uh, it was, right. and it led to a new theory that is kind of accepted. Um, that was was kind of um, introduced because of this book, because of the author's uh, research, and uh, the the thing where I said he doesn't make himself a, a heavy character in the story is uh, he um, never expected to, uh, to come to this finding and uh, he doesn't toot his own horn about it. So mm. um, yes, the, the cause of cause of the hikers demise in 1951, as it was written was an unknown compelling force caused them to, uh, flee their tent in a state of panic and uh, be claimed by the elements. Uh, in 2019, the case was reopened uh, to, some, to some new documents that were found. 
uh, and closed this year, 2020. Um, the official cause of their doom was natural forces succumbing to hypothermia. Yeah. And it's interesting because the, um, one of the true crime podcasts I listened to mm -hmm. covered the, um, the Donner party. Yeah. And they talk about how, like when people are freezing to death, mm -hmm. that for some reason, eventually they get to a point where they start feeling warm. I believe it's their, their nerves, like, Yes. Burning up from ice, you know, from being frozen. Basically. Mm -hmm. And they start taking off their clothes. So yep. it ha a lot of times if someone freezes to death, they will find them in less clothes uh, if they happen to have that. You know, a lot of times people are starving. They'll, they'll go the other direction and eat less that kind of thing. Yeah, that um, that well, it's, it's the same thing. Like when you, if you hold the thing of ice too long and you drop the ice, it feels like your hand is on fire. Yeah, true, mm -hmm. true. Yeah, that phenomena is known as paradoxical undressing. I know that is a uh, a, a common explanation as to why some of the hikers were found in um, states of lesser. Uh, dress than of others. paradoxical undressing. Yes. Well, paradoxical undressing was actually the art project that Rob did in high school mm. that got him kicked out. Well, the um, uh, one of the theories that's it's been accepted is one of the other hikers found uh, the dying or dead uh, his dying or dead comrades and borrowed some of their clothing to. Um, mm. aid some of his um, his friends that were dying that had fallen the ones that suffered from crushed skulls and injuries to their chest um, he tried to uh, wrap them with their wrappings but they all succumbed to the elements um, in a everything was fine until I tried to do the human fountain. <laughs> <laughs> a very unfortunate effect known as the Carmen Vortex Street um, is um, very possibly what drove them mad. Uh, and you can look that up yourself. I will. I will. I want to hear. Uh, so you, you, you wed the book, then you went deeper. I did. Right? Yes. He, he wed the book. I wed the book. He wed the book. I, I wet the book. And then I decided to check out a movie called Devil's Pass that came out in 2013. What a wascally weapon. Yes, indeed. The movie is directed by Rennie Harlan. It's starring Holly Goss, Matt Stokel, Luke Albright, Ryan Holly, and Gemma Atkinson, who you may be familiar with. The movie is available on IFC. It's a trial. The synopsis, a group of students go to the location of the infamous Dietloff Pass incident to make a documentary. But things take a turn for the worse as the secret of what happened there is revealed. Hmm. It's a pretty well done found footage film. Um, Which means Rob will hate it. Well, maybe not. Because, you know, if we're, we're talking about in comparison to the Blair Witch Project, it's not as shaky. It's not as low quality. Um, they okay. call it found footage. I'm doing air quotes right now. Air bonies. Yeah, but the... Um, the 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 quote found footage uh footage is of like studio cameras movie quality yeah. movie quality um it's it packs a lot into an hour and 40 minutes uh, it packs pretty much all of the theories of what happened to the hikers into it um which so so it's not actually about no. the incident. It's about people discovering the incident. It's about people trying to, like, figure it out. There's one guy, he's, okay. like, the conspiracy theorist. And, like, there's the camera guy and there's the host and stuff like that. But they uh, they quickly find themselves in over their heads. Um, it's fine. Uh, it's not groundbreaking. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, there's some really, really, really well done creature effects in it. Uh, sorry, spoiler. Um, and it's in the trailer. Oh, okay. Um, it's fine. I, I mean, it's 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 okay. Uh, were the 
were the creature effects on par with the uh, the one movie that we watched that had the surprise monster in it that was actually really really good? Their ritual, uh, the, the, ritual. the beach movie. Oh no, no, oh sorry, ritual. Yeah, the ritual. Um, yeah, because I was shocked with how good the creature effects on that one were. There, yeah, yeah, I would I would say so. Um, they're on par. Yeah, they're they're up there. I mean, the, the creatures aren't as elaborate or, um, or original. But it's okay. the explanation for why these creatures are there is is pretty good. Um, right, the thing I hated about this film when they're showing the camera roll from the students in the beginning, they're using actual footage or actual photos, and they're doing like a narration of what happened to them. They're like, oh, they were found dead, and they show a picture of Nikolay Vladimirovich Tibo Brignol, or also <laughs> known as Tebow. Yes, he's the one with the most interesting game in the group. There's a picture of him where he's kind of like reaching towards the camera and he's kind of buried in snow and it looks like a, a pose of like agony. Like, oh shit, this is a picture of a dude dying. It's actually... I saw that picture. It's actually a photo of him just playing around. Um, And that oh. almost made me turn it off. But... uh. It's fine if you're looking for a film to watch, and you know I I love watching movies that make me feel cold. Um, yeah, check it out. It's all right if you're a fan of the Blair Witch Project and you don't know a whole hell of a lot about the um, about the incident, the deal love incident. Then then check it out. Uh, one more thing I'll just cover real quick. There's a a, a game out there that's based on this. It's called Colot. Um, it just came out for the Switch here very recently. Uh, released on the Switch May 14th. It's actually a, a game that came out uh, over five years ago. Uh, it's on the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and Mac. It's an indie survival horror game in which a player controls a protagonist who is retracing the steps of a group of nine college students who went ru- uh, missing in Russia in 1959. Uh, mm. It's fine. Uh, it's a game I'll that... that begs to be in vr dude like if i had a vr headset and i was i had a fan sitting in front of me whoa dude that shit oh the the audio is great <laughs> the sound of like crumbling and avalanches and stuff it's just freaks you out uh i hated the game at first because i couldn't get away from these damn ghosts that keep popping up and then you're just dead so you start like a while away but um i did a little google searching on how to avoid dying by these ghosts and uh after i figured that out i started to really enjoy the game uh the narration is done by mr sean bean oh who also dies halfway through the game (laughs) i think he's already dead sorry spoiler Yeah. yeah uh game needs to uh to be played in VR, man. I can't stress it enough. I, I wish I could put it in VR, but uh, once you learn how to use the map, you're fine. And uh, it's a very, very well researched game. The uh, local, the the uh, native peoples to the area of the Mansi tribe used to carve tree, uh, carve into the trees, indicating how many were in their hunting party, uh, and some other information. There's a lot of that in the game. Um, it is a sensationalized and supernatural version of the events. Um, so if you're uh, looking for something like that, if it sounds up your alley, it's 15 bucks on the Switch, and it's uh, very well worth a playthrough. So, Jimmy's going to get the VR version of it. He's going to stand in front of his freezer. <laughs> with the door open. <laughs> yeah. Fiance's gonna be like, what are you doing? He's be in the middle of the kitchen with the shirt off in front of the freezer. It's he's like, oh my god, you scared me. <laughs> me and Rob are gonna be like waving fans over like ice packs. <laughs> Adam. So that's what I got. Damn, that was the, you did go on a deep dive. Yeah. On that. Hopefully you're not too bored after listening to me. I love that. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, as you know. So very very cool. I think that does that close us out for the first uh I think that closes us right. out for side A. Sweet. Well, that does it for side A. Stick around uh a few more days and you will be hearing side B. Uh where we will be will 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 we'll be reviewing 
our movie of the week, and that is the 1988 film Hell Comes to Frogtown. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, our ridiculous. question of the week, your top five wrestlers turned actors or rock stars that are not named John Cena or The Rock. Because that would have immediately taken two off of our list. Yep. Rob, how can people reach us to be well, angry? As always, they can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. They can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. They can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. Alternately, they can also go directly to our website, Give Me Five Podcast.com, and you can find us there. And guys, as always, please leave us a review on iTunes, whatever podcast app you're using. It helps other people find us. It helps us stand out. And it just helps us out. Nice. Make Austria, we see you. I see you, Austria. We What's see up, you, Russia? Austria. Yeah. We might even make an Austria theme shirt. Give me five podcasts. Huge in Austria. We'll do that. Maybe. If, if someone emails us from Austria. Number 84. Let's make that <laughs> number 81. Yes. We were 36. Well, that's a better one. Yeah, 36 a couple days before. Thanks for listening, guys. 